Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. Did you know an unelf, an, an, I'll get it, an unselfish spirit produces unspeakable joy? And we're looking at the humility of an unselfish Christ in Philippians 2, verses 7 and 8. If we are ever able to experience the outrageous, contagious joy that Paul refers to throughout Philippians, we must be willing to live with the same kind of unselfish attitude that Christ lived with. Jesus Christ willingly and voluntarily emptied himself of anything that would give him acceptance and popularity. Most of us want to be accepted. Most of us want to be liked and many be popular. Most of us hate the thought of being rejected by a group of former friends. For years, Jesus did everything he could to keep his divinity masked by his humanity. Jesus never flaunted his divine nature to impress a crowd or gain acceptance with the religious leaders. He was known for 30 years simply as a carpenter. Then, after three years of ministry, he was executed as a criminal. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Even though Christ was equal with God, he made himself as nothing. He voluntarily emptied himself of anything that would cause recognition as God or give him the reputation that he was God. Jesus voluntarily took the bodily form of a bondservant, a man who chooses to be a loving and a loyal slave, and was made in the likeness or the form of men. He willingly humbled himself before evil men who violently battered and killed him using one of the most horrific means of death any man could ever experience, death by crucifixion on a wooden cross. We will never fully comprehend what took place when Christ left the glories of heaven and became a man. He still was God and never stopped being God, but he did become a man. For a better grasp of Christ's incarnation, what happened over 2,000 years ago, I love how Spiros Zodiades in his complete word study dictionary, uh, what he does to explain this. Quote, Christ's humanity did not displace deity in his personality. Rather, he took upon himself voluntarily, in addition to his pre-incarnate condition, something which veiled his deity. Proper recognition is called doxa, glory, praise, and the verb dakia, to recognize. So, in the form of man and servant, he lacked the recognition among men that he had with the Father. This voluntarily or excuse me, this voluntary humiliation of Christ began with the incarnation and was carried through to his crucifixion. In his resurrection, he laid aside his form of a servant. Wow, Jesus was willing to become a slave, lower really than ordinary man, just for us. The slaves of Bible times were often treated as nothing more than animals to be used, abused, and thrown away. Most slaves would never have chosen that life for themselves, but Jesus did. Most men are not willing to be looked down on, despised, and treated with absolutely no respect. But Jesus was. Why? Why a slave? To have the greatest impact on others, Jesus humbled himself to the greatest degree. The Apostle Matthew, while on one of their uh, walking journeys across the coast of Sea of Galilee, caught the heart of Jesus. Quote, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, Matthew twenty twenty seven. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto or to be served, but to minister, to serve, 
and to give his life a ransom for many. Matthew 23, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And then verse 12 of 23, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself will be exalted. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. God treated Christ as a sinner, so he could treat sinners like his son. The joy-producing attitude of humility that Christ exemplified reaches its peak at his voluntary death on the cross. He could have been beheaded like John the Baptist, stoned like Stephen, or left for dead on a remote island like John. Instead, he willingly submitted to be crucified. Death by crucifixion was one of the most painful and shameful forms of execution ever devised by man. It was a form of torture normally reserved for the vilest of criminals and the lowest of all mankind. Jesus chose the most horrific form of death imaginable to show God's detestation for sin. Jesus submitted to the most embarrassing and humiliating public forms of execution to expose the ultimate shame that sin produces in life. Jesus, for the joy he knew that was in the future, endured the cross and despised the shame. The word despise does not mean hate in this context, but to disregard or to view as nothing. Um, Jesus looked at all the torture, pain, humiliation, and shame as nothing in light of the joy of paying the price of sin for you and me, that he might bring us to God. Let's finish our meditation today with a paraphrase of Mark's account of that dreadful day. Mark 15, beginning of verse 6. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at that time was a guy named Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. Would you like me to release this king of the Jews? But at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call king of the Jews? And they shouted back, crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. So So to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with whips complete with lead, broken pottery, and fragmented pieces of bone attached to each strand, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters, it was called the Praetorium, and called out the entire regiment. They dressed Jesus in a purple robe, and they wove thorn branches into a crown put on his head. Then they saluted him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! They struck him on the head with a reed stick and spit on him and dropped to their knees to mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. The soldiers nailed Jesus to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign was fastened to the cross announcing the charge against him. It simply read, the king of the Jews. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their head, and mocked him. Ha, look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of the religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed. 
but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which simply means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he simply explained, exclaimed, this man truly was the son of God. Lord, oh, you willingly humbled yourself, suffered. You died for me. You didn't care what others said or thought. Please, please, Lord, help us to learn from your humble, unselfish attitude. Well, we're ta- our time is up. This is, man, this is heartbreaking. It is. And I know it's a good day, and sometimes it's even hard to say the word rejoice, thinking what he did, but he did rejoice because he's with his heavenly father. And we can rejoice because he died to bring us to God. Hey, I hope you have a really good day.